Hello, this is Erin Weir. The journey to being a successful creative entrepreneur is filled with challenges, hard work, and occasional high points. You have the opportunity to minimize the challenges and hard work by learning from experts, mentors, and leaders that have traveled the same road before you. The Creative Genius Podcast celebrates you and your hard work and helps you shortcut the path to profit and renewed passion. Enjoy this episode with my co-host, Gail Dobie of Gail Dobie Coaching and Consulting. When it comes to decisions, there's no such thing as right or wrong. Yes, in hindsight, some choices may have been better than others, but no decision is ever perfect. In the moment, the best you can hope for is to make a well-informed decision that feels right and feels true. Whatever the outcome, you can learn from it and move on. Today, we're talking with our friend and client, Christine Turknet, Principal Designer at Breathe Design Studio located in Austin, Texas. Christine specializes in modern and contemporary design, and her interiors tell stories of comfort and belonging. She believes that every detail should function well, even if that function is to bring joy. Christine, it's so great to have you here today. Welcome to our podcast. It's so great to see you in person too. Gosh, it's been a while. It's true. It, it has been. I miss you guys. <laughs> I know. I, rem- I remember your VIP day not too long ago. And oh. my goodness, so much has changed since then. Yeah, definitely. For the better. So much was better. So it's good. That's Why great. don't you tell us about that? Because I, I was really getting a kick out of reading your. Um, your answers to our questionnaire. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> I'm curious as to why. <laughs> oh, no. I, I just know that it was such a big year for you, for sure. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was five days later after you had your VIP that the pandemic was essentially shutting us all down. That's crazy. Yeah, it was like a very interesting reality shift, especially since I was so like excited after VIP to like implement all these things and just without the forethought of this potentially um, affecting a lot of those plans. But but it's it crazy was to think about that you were one of our like last live you were actually probably the last live client that we got to see. Yes. And um and yeah and I got to have like your attention and Yasmin was there. So it was it was amazing and I just it was a very challenging, but very rewarding, to say the least. Mm. Well, I was just thinking about all of the conversations that we had during that time. We'll talk in a minute about your 10-year vision, because you said you just brought your journal from <laughs> the VIP. And we also asked you to talk about it. And it'll be interesting to see if it's close to what you said during VIP. Yeah, it's true. I know. I think it's pretty fun to have a touch point. <laughs> the sure. Do you, why don't you bring up some of the highlights of the things that you said? Um, so I said that I wanted to work on architecturally significant projects. Mm. Um, I really love architecture. And so I wanted to partner with um, architects I really admire. And I've gotten involved with the AIA um, allied community here. So it's, I just really am passionate about it. And I, um, and then I think that that actually has happened to me. Um, I wanted to have, I want to have one international project, um, that's focused on hospitality and wellness. And then also, and like wanted to specialize in like spas and things like that, because 
I think that for me, it really resonates with my ethos and the things that I'm passionate about in my own life. Um, and what I really want hope to contribute and promote for other people. I'm talking about uh, acting as creative director. So being able to hire on so that I can sort of take on more of that role um, and less maybe some of the other, <laughs> the other aspects of the business that's, you know, a little bit more um, detail oriented potentially. And then um, I wanted to see that 80% of my revenue was coming from 20% of my clients. Uh, and I thought that that was really very interesting kind of thinking about how to maximize like those relationships um, and develop long-term relationships with current and past clients. Um, and then I wanted to mentor other female creatives to, you know, see what's possible for them as a creative and what it is like to be creative, but then what the difference of that is in terms of running a business and how they're both really equally important. And I think a lot of people don't know that, um, especially if they are like people of color who don't have examples of this um, oftentimes, or especially like, you know, or people who are like second generation and stuff like that. And so for me, I think it, um, I would hope to be able to like encourage other people who um, maybe not understand what this business is like and see that it's, you know, it's potential and how you can be really successful with it, even if it's not, you know, a traditional um, profession that people associate with, you know, being um, financially successful and, you know, established. Well, since you did your VIP about a year and a half ago, what have you seen happen since then? <laughs> I've done a lot with marketing. Um, I think I've made really far with marketing and I was able to really expand my network, um, ironically, during um, a time where you can't meet with people. But I actually, I think, took advantage of Zoom, especially during like um, lockdown, because, you know, we were all kind of like, we hadn't seen any, anybody for a while. So it was actually kind of nice to have human connection during that time. You know, I think in the past, I kind of scale one of your mastermind calls or maybe the program you, you gave or made for us to support us kind of at the beginning of COVID. You know, we talked about how this is like a gift of time. And I really like that because I know that systems and processes and infrastructure are so important when you're like really bogged into design. It can be hard to really focus on kind of the more macro um, sort of aspects or structures of the business. So I actually found that it actually gave me time to implement um, and set myself up for success um, after I knew things would probably get, you know, or whatever. And when people could be safe um, in the, you know, in our society and we can protect each other. I know that you did some interesting things on Zoom. Do would you mind sharing like some of their <laughs> your marketing tactics that you worked on during the COVID time? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that Gail, I actually have always really appreciated this advice from VIP Gail, um, or from everyone at VIP, um, which is don't just be don't get just like connect with try to connect with people, like be the connector. And so I really, um, I really liked that idea that, you know, I wanted, I would want to connect people who would have things in common rather than just to form an individual relationship with them and sort of also being of service to people, whether they are clients or just partners or friends or just human beings. Um, and so I think that really also resonated with like my values and how I would want to like run my business is that. It's really about creating community and connection um, and just believing that, you know, doing that in and of itself will 
lead to success, even if I don't know exactly how. Um, and so, yeah, I took advantage of it. I marketed, um, I had virtual coffees with a lot of architects, a few builders, um, got to know them, um, just wanted to learn about their business, what kind of jobs they wanted, what areas of town they wanted to work in, you know, just like, how are they doing? Usually, how is your PPP loan going? <laughs> um, and things like that. So, and it's just stuff that only, only you know, business being a business owner or principal can be lonely sometimes because you don't really get to talk to other people. I mean, in Gail Dovey, like you can't, but like, you know, a lot for a lot of other people, it's like you don't have an opportunity to talk to other people about their very unique set of challenges as the business owner and not just the designer or the architect or, you know, whoever. And so, I think that that was also really nice to be able to connect with other principals and learn more about, you know, their challenges. Like, what are their pain points working with interior designers? Like, who can I connect them with, you know, to get them the kind of job that they want? And honestly, I just want to be your friend. <laughs> I was like, I just want to get to know you. Like, you you seem like a really interesting person. Like, love your work. So um, that's typically how I approached it. And I tried to do some of it through Instagram as well. So I, uh, was able to kind of like follow certain architects, Instagrams. Um, and then we kind of started following each other. Um, and then that was kind of a good opportunity for us to connect, um, not just through email, but also, you know, through, um, a social media platform that's a little bit more personal. And what are some of the results you've gotten from this? Um, so I would say that I've gotten some great referrals from, architects. Um, one of our, one of our jobs this year that I was really excited about, um, came through from an architect and, you know, we've gotten referrals, um, whether they were the right fit or not is a little bit different, but we have gotten quite a few referrals and, um, yeah, I think it's all about fit at the end of the day. And so, but I am happy to, you know, really like treasure those relationships with my partners and my colleagues, frankly, and friends, mainly friends. (laughs) That's great. And also, I know that you are fairly excited because you have built your team and that was a big job for you in the last year or so. It's just getting the right people on the team and getting some help. So how has that impacted your life day to day? You know, it's been interesting. It's kind of caused a little bit of an identity crisis, if I'm honest Mm -hmm. with you, to be open. But at the same time, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's just about kind of thinking about what role I really want in a company. And Mm -hmm. I recently actually realized like one of the best benefits of being a business owner, you know, in addition to what maybe is more obvious is that we can build a company around our strengths. I can actually like, you know, live in sort of what got gay Hendricks is like my zone of genius and to really be able to focus on the things that help me thrive and put me in flow. And so finding support around it, it's like, that's really such a huge, I think, benefit for being a business owner. Um, is just to be able to create structure around what you do and enjoy the most. Yeah. So that being said, I would say that, I don't know, it, it's just been, it's been a wild year. (laughs) And, um, but it's been, you know, uh, so much better than it could have been without you, Gail. So (laughs) yeah, I think that you really helped me. Um, even though it was, unexpected. It's kind of like you don't get to choose what happens to you, but it's just how you respond to it. And I think last year was like a really good example of that. Well, and I think for a lot of people, they'll relate to where you are, which is you're a single mom and having a business as a single mom, Erin's a single mom as well. And it's work. It's work to work and have a business. And Erin is just as much an owner of this business as I am. 
And just having that, having the responsibility of also your little people and helping them grow <laughs> and setting examples for them so that they know how to navigate whatever it is that's ahead of them. I think just being that example as a business owner is great. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to set, you know, um, a precedent so my my son can see like what, you know, a strong independent, <laughs> whether, you know, re- regardless of relationship status, like somebody who's like thriving and, you know, financially stable and just, I don't know, building something, building a vision and being able to build a business and recognize like all the things you have to learn, but the value of like when you learn them, I think, you know, education, um, things like that. It's like, want to show him that you can rise to the occasion and there's so much gratitude in that. Mm-hmm. So if you had a chance to do it over it all over, what, what would you, what would you change? <laughs> I think Gail kind of um, touched on this a little bit earlier, but I probably would have hired sooner. I think sometimes there's a leap of faith there, but at the end of the day, I read um, Benjamin Hardy's um, Who Not How, um, and I thought that was a really helpful book um, to think about taking the leap of hiring um, and seeing people as investments, not costs. I want to focus on your strengths. (laughs) Like, what do you love to do? Let's focus on that. Um, And then let's hire around you. So I think I just kind of need to pull like have faith in myself to do the hire. Um, but I think when I read who, not how, and, you know, I hear Gail and Aaron saying you never regret like a hire. I just, yeah, I wish I had done it sooner. So. So what has your team uh, grown to become? So we are at three people now, but they also have like seven to 99. Um, because, you know, I think that as a small business, I don't necessarily need to have other certain people on full time, but I do need support. And ideally with people who are really good at what they do. So um, right now it's me, um, principal, then I have a senior designer, Ava, um, and then our project manager, um, Donald. And then we have like R109 is like a procurement specialist, a bookkeeper, a social media team, an HR person, an insurance, two insurance people, payroll. Um, yeah. And then like, yeah, graphic designer. So there's just a lot of people in the mix, but I feel like ultimately, you know, I want people who are really strong at what they do and really passionate about it. So if it's just a kind of a 1099 status, I think it's supplemental on a certain level. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Are you surprised at where you are financially? I know that there were some moments where I'm sure there's a little fear just doing some of the things we talked about, just hiring and what it was going to do. But are you surprised where you are now? I am. Um, I think, you know, when I became an interior designer, I wasn't really thinking about it from the financial perspective of it. Um, I was thinking more from like almost like freelancing or like from the creative aspect. And I knew there were processes and things that I could work on, but I think I needed like I needed more clarity. And so I actually joined your program, Gail, because I remember I'm the type of person who like I know I'll meet my goal. I just need someone to tell me what what the goal is. So <laughs> I think I was like, I don't know. Like I don't even know what I'm trying to achieve. And so I think in working with you, Gail, like learning about your benchmarks and just how to run a company, like it has just really helped me get more clarity in terms of just goal setting in and of itself. Nevertheless, like meeting the goal, which, you know, I do believe that I will, thanks to like y'all and hard work and my amazing team. And so, yeah, I think it's been pretty amazing. And I'm really 
I'm just, I'm amazed. And like, I just, I, the, my only regret, honestly, Gail, about working with you is that like, I didn't do it sooner. And not just, you know, your specific financial, but also being an alliance, like being able to connect me with so many people who are also additional resources to me, um, has just really helped me understand the industry with more breadth and depth, frankly, um, and just have more context as to, you know, what is, uh, reasonable, <laughs> um, financially. And, you know, interior design is a great industry. It's, you know, definitely challenging. Um, business-wise, but I also think it can be very rewarding. Yeah. And I think that surprises a lot of people Yeah, when they actually realize you can make a great living as yeah. an interior designer, seven or eight figures even. And uh, it's possible. It's entirely yeah. possible. So yeah. it really comes down to what is your vision and where do you want to go? Yeah, definitely. And you want to know one thing, actually, speaking of like financial changes, mm. one of the things when I was um, first talking to, I think, Yasmin, one of the things she had mentioned to me was like, just like your numbers and like other case studies of like, you know, the changes and like the percentage increases on like net, you know, profit versus revenue versus gross profit versus, you know, percentages. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I looked at it and I saw the percentages. And for whatever reason, that was it for me. I was like, this is all I need to see is that I, some of them were like, uh, they went down in revenue and went up in profit. It was like, so I just, I didn't even know that was possible. So I think when I saw those numbers from you, I just knew that it was going to pay off somehow if that was those were the results that you were getting. So yeah, I'm I'm surprised that I'm not surprised. Mm. Well, it's so fun to see how much you've grown as a person and also as a leader in your business, because it's not always easy to make that first step to take it to the boutique level of up to, say, four people. But in your case now, you've got way more than that when you consider all the contractors. Yeah. And that's really the way businesses are running today, which is perfect with a COVID situation. Yeah. Because you can't necessarily have everybody in an office, nor do you want to. Yeah, it's true. And I'm like yeah. on my way to fourth, the fourth designer. Yeah. And I have an yeah. HR person who's going to do all for me. It's amazing. Thank you so much, Lee. Shout out to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's amazing. And I, um, you know, even having me set me up with like, um, uh, you know, Nancy Dale, my, the, I call her my CFO. Um, I feel like, you know, she's able to even give me advice about hiring, you know, mm -hmm. in relation to financials. So this whole, it's, the, I really see how the ecosystem kind of, works together um, mm -hmm. on that front and yeah, your program. Well, and it's been fun to watch you develop friendships, right? And I know that you were recently in Colorado and did a watch party <laughs> with, with a friend, um, yeah. a, a Gail W coaching and consulting friend yeah. um, in Colorado for Genius Exchange. So yes. it's really fun to see you yeah. um, thrive in friendships. Because I know right when you got into our Alliance Slack channel, you just started introducing yourself and being who yeah. you are and, you know, starting <laughs> to support everybody. And I know that um, that's really appreciated. So yeah. it's fun well, to see those that. connections. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I think something that happened for me at the beginning of the program, even before I really met you, was that I signed up, I think, in like December. Mm -hmm. And so my VIP wasn't supposed to happen until March. But <laughs> I'm just like a let's get it done kind of person. So I think I was like, when can I start? And so Yasmin said she talked to you and that she, you got, you um, were going to just let me go to Alliance Retreat, even though I hadn't started my VIP. And I was like, that sounds so fun. And I didn't really understand what Alliance was, but I just showed up. And, um, and I 
in that one meeting, I have met so many, made so many like the people at the time. I obviously didn't know them as well, but I have really cultivated those relationships, even though it's just virtual and just have like, you know, a different level of support system that we can relate like as humans, as moms, and also as business owners and designers. Yeah. Interestingly, we, at that time, we had mostly women at that retreat. And now we have a lot more men. It's in, true. In group. So it'll be fun when we get together a little bit later this year in person. And we get to have um, everybody that has joined us in the last couple of years all yeah, together. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh, it'll be so fun. It'll yeah, be so great. fun. Yeah. So um, what are some of the things that you think that you have learned about yourself as an owner of a business in this last year or so that, you were surprised about? That is a very good question. Mm. I do not have a ready answer for. Um, I think for me, I think I realized how flexible I could become. Mm. Um, because I think there was a, lo- a lot of this was, and one thing, Gail, that I really appreciate you, and I don't know if I ever, or about you, is that you're really like committed to not just the financials, but like a lot of the mindset stuff. And I think mm. That is so important on just a completely different level. And I think that you don't have to by any means, but that you incorporate that because I do think that's like the foundation to succeeding in life um, is to be clear on your values and your vision, your goals um, and why I started to just really believe in my vision for what I wanted for my company. And I think with your support and with Alliance's support, I was able to really like weather some of those moments where I was like, Oh, what's happening. But there was something about like the belief in myself and my ability to be flexible and, you know, change as needed since COVID was such a difficult, unconfusing time. Um, And yet I feel like my business grew and I grew so much. So I think a lot of it had to just do with, yeah, being able to like acclimate to a new environment and pivot as necessary but I felt like no matter what, I was going to have this support system to help me make those decisions. And it really helped me trust myself in a lot of the decisions I made as well. And especially, I love seeing that for females that are running businesses too, because it isn't always so easy for women to find mentors. I don't think they look for them necessarily. Yeah. And I think it's so necessary. That's how yes. you get to where you want to go is you have to do it with other people. You can't do it all by yourself. No yeah. way. Exactly. I completely agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in graduate. I was actually, this is my second career. Um, and so before that, I was getting my PhD in English. And so I had advisors. I mean, you go into the program with advisors. And the only way you get into the program is this, if you do have advisors. So I think I really missed that in um, you know, this, this sort of second career. So I think it's something that I kind of was used to and craved on a certain level. Um, so I'm really glad that I was able to find that in a, a business coach. Mm, that's awesome. Well, that's so real quick, let's just talk about your past career and your new career. So how did you make that leap? That's a big leap of faith right there, going from PhD in English to interior design. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it just wasn't the right fit. I think, you know, the economy was kind of rough um, when, you know, during the recession in terms of academia. Um, and I've always secretly kind of been creative. So I, I had a design blog for a long time. and. It was kind of my hobby. Um, but then I had an opportunity to design a custom home. And then I learned a lot more about design. It was kind of a high stakes internship is what I called it. And so, yeah, then, you know, I was really, I'm really grateful that we got 
some press opportunities. We, there were people who reached out and wanted help. And I just thought, okay, like I'm going to do this. And so I always kind of knew I wanted to be creative. I really do value autonomy. Um, and so, yeah, I, I had a brief stint in sales, furniture sales, and I realized I really enjoyed um, interacting with people on that level. And so, yeah, I went for it. Um, and I knew it was going to be a lot of work because at the end of the day, one of the things I taught my students really was critical thinking. So I think for me, I, you know, have to kind of practice what I preach. And I think at the end of the day, I truly believe that if you're committed to learning a new skill and you spend time educating yourself and you have developed the skill to research and critically think that you can really pretty much learn anything. Um, you know, so I think for me, that's what I wanted to kind of this message I could send to my undergrads is like, no matter what, like you can educate yourself about this and make, you know, well thought out <laughs> decisions mm-hmm. um, and be reflective of what you're doing. And so I think part of it was um, that and also having been an educator and, a re- you know, that helps me um, talk to new people and, you know, be of service to them in my, to the best mm-hmm. of my ability. That's great. Well, we're almost to the end of our time together, but I'd love for you to give us maybe two or three great thoughts that our listeners can take away with them today. You know, one thing I would say is that we can never control what happens to us. And being a business owner and a designer, I mean, there's a lot of curveballs thrown our way constantly. And there's no real precedent on a certain level of how you respond to it, especially if it's a small business. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I truly believe that like, even though it can be challenging, um, it's the lessons that I learned from it and how I respond and maybe change direction that is um, the most important part of it. And then that's how I kind of feel like no matter what, like this business can still move forward because it's just about learning (laughs) Um, and having those experiences and choosing to take the most out of it so that you can make a better decision next time. I think having a like, it's really important to have a vision for yourself Mm -hmm. and who you want to be in the future. And one of the things that I have learned is to kind of believe, embrace abundance mentality and embrace the person that I want to be in the future as if it were now. Because I think that sometimes we're afraid to dream big or we're, you know, it's like, like, why am I doing this? What's the purpose of this? And when you have a vision, for me at least, helps me focus more on the opportunities that are present. Um, and just kind of helps me shift my thinking um, to identify patterns where I could benefit or become closer to this person. Um, and so I think that that's really helpful. Um, and thinking about my values, like part of as part of my vision um, or a vision in any way. And I think when you have that commitment to a vision, it's amazing what can happen because um, some you know we don't, we don't get to know the how, um, but it's you know to just take action and move forward towards this vision and just trust that it will work out um, and you'll learn a lot along the way. Mm. And lastly, I think to believe that there, um, there's this book called uh, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. I know, probably read it, Gail. Um, but one of the points I really like in the book that's really been helpful to me, I think lately, is this idea there's like no lose-lose situation. So regardless of any decision that you make, I think a lot of times we focus on like, this is the right decision. This is the wrong decision. But for me, I think that flexibility that I was talking about before um, and the ability to make these like leaps of faith, like you can had mentioned earlier in the podcast is this belief that like, no matter what decision I make, 
there's not a, it's not a win or lose. Like I will gain something from that experience. And so that's kind of the point of life is to recognize that you have to make the best decision possible, but to make it out of your, you know, my desire to be close to become the person I want to be through my vision rather than someone who is afraid of, you know, moving towards that vision. And I think the belief that there's no such thing as a wrong answer, like a wrong decision at a certain point is really liberating because it allows me to know that like, I will learn something out of this. (laughs) Maybe I'll learn harder than I would ever prefer. Um, But at the end of the day, like that's the point. I think that's so important to being a, um, a business owner is that it's to realize that when you're trying to make those hard decisions that ultimately, you know, there is no wrong decision mm-hmm. <laughs> either. I love that. Well, this has been great. And thank you so much for being on our podcast today. And I can't wait for people to hear your comments and wisdom. And um, I never know where these are going to go. And I <laughs> really appreciate all of your wonderful thoughts. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I owe so many of them to you or through oh, thank you. groups that you built. And so, yeah, you are you change lives and thank you. (laughs) You're so sweet. Well, thank you so much, Christine. And we'll look forward to seeing you very soon. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Hopefully in person sooner rather than later. too. Exactly. All right. Y'all take care. You too. All right. Thanks. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. If you want to get in touch with Christine, please visit breathedesignstudio.com and follow Christine on Instagram at Breathe Design. Next week, author, public speaker, broadcaster, and journalist Charles Spencer will be joining us. Be sure to tune in.